Thanks for listening to the Faith Radio podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. I'm Carmen LaBurge. I hope you enjoy. Happy Thanksgiving. And thanks for listening to this special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. Welcome to Hour 2 of Mornings with Carmen on this long Thanksgiving weekend. Happy Thanksgiving Day. Gobble, gobble. Um, Long weekends. I was thinking about long weekends and what they're good for, and they're good for catching up on things and cleaning up and cleaning out and organizing and, well, traveling, if that's on your agenda today. Also, reading through the stack. Do you have a stack that needs reading? Yeah, I'm I'm a stack of books person all the time. So David Brooks is um, is a writer who, when whenever he writes something, I think to myself, you know what, that's worth spending some time with and um, and considering. He's an op-ed columnist for the New York Times, um, and he has written books like The Second Mountain, The Road to Character, um, his uh, at On Paradise Drive. Maybe that's one that you've read. He has a brand new book out, and um, I thought. Let me just turn my attention to this in my stack today, because I really appreciate um, what what David Brooks is encouraging here, because he sounds well, if you read it, you're going to say, yeah, he sounds a whole lot like Carmen. Um, he, she, you know, David Brooks wants us to be talking to strangers in coffee shops. And I, I want I want people to be talking to strangers in coffee shops as well. Um, and his uh, his observation that he's making here is really about making sure that people feel seen and feel known. And the the way that he describes this is that each and every one of us is in in every one of our relationships. We are either a diminisher or an illuminator. And so we'll talk about that here in just a second. But what he's addressing in his new book is what he calls a relational crisis. Now, <laughs> you're going to say that is not big news. It is not big news to observe that there's a relational crisis in America. Depression and suicide rates are at all-time highs. A staggering 36% of Americans report feeling lonely. The number of people say they have no close personal friends has actually quadrupled in just a handful of years. So um, David Brooks says, I was noticing these trends, um, but in the midst of it, what I was really witnessing was an epidemic of blindness, an epidemic of blindness. We're not seeing each other. We're not treating each other well. And so this book, How to Know a Person, is actually a life skills book. (laughs) It's a life skills book on how to foster deeper connections how to foster deeper connections with your family, with your friends, with colleagues, even with strangers. He describes it as practicing the art of truly knowing another person. And he says that we need to cultivate this skill set. So there's this observation that we're living in these polarizing times. Um, and uh, and so um, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Where do we start when it comes to interacting with people And David Brooks says, look, um, when you encounter someone that you know you disagree with, your first job is to try to stand in their viewpoint. 
It's not to challenge them right away. Why don't you try asking them three questions? Three questions all about the same thing. Tell me more about why you think that, which, of course, then I read that and I'm like, my favorite three words are tell me more. So tell me more about why you think that. David Brooks says, I never ask, what do you think about that? Instead, I ask, how did you come to believe this? So like, what's the process? What's the background here? What are you relying on in terms of sources of information? Um, what he's trying to get people to do is tell him a story. They're going to tell me a story about their experience that shaped their values. And once you get people telling stories, once you get people into storytelling mode, um, then you've got a chance to cultivate a relationship. You can begin to see where they're coming from. You can begin to see their viewpoint. So he talks a lot about the posture of just looking people directly in the eye um, and listening and really seeing them. Um, and seeing them, seeing the other person is larger than ourselves. And so just ask yourself that for just a moment. This gets to the conversation about whether or not you're a diminisher or an illuminator. An illuminator um, not only sees another person, but helps another person be seen. A diminisher, well, quite the opposite, right? So when you think about this question about whether or not you are an illuminator or a diminisher, um, that's going to be the, the lingering question that I want to circle back around to today. Diminishers are people who stereotype or just plain ignore. They're not curious about other people. And they make other people feel invisible and unseen. That's a diminisher. An illuminator, on the other hand, is very curious about people, full of questions and good at asking them, makes another person feel respected, and lit up, like illuminated, actually positively shining the spotlight on another person. Illuminators are wonderful to be around. Um, so are you an illuminator or a diminisher? Are you asking questions as a show of respect to build others up? Or are you asking them questions for the purpose of shaming them and tearing them down? Asking questions is a moral act. That's a quote from David Brooks. And so what kinds of questions are you asking? What kinds of questions did Jesus ask? What kinds of questions is Jesus asking you today? What kind of light does God shine on you? Was Jesus a diminisher or an illuminator? <laughs> hey, friend, Jesus is the very light of the world. And he says to us, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before others that they will see your good works and glorify God who is in heaven. What might your good work be today? Maybe your good work today could be starting a conversation with a person who feels diminished and simply needs to be illuminated. We'll come back to the question of whether we are illuminators or diminishers in just a moment. But right now, Let's talk with our friend Dave Buring about the role and importance of gratitude in our spiritual formation. You're listening to a special edition of Mornings with Carmen on this Thanksgiving Day. This is Faith Radio.
Joining us again today, our friend Dave Buring from Lion Share. You can find great discipleship resources at lionshare.org. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Carmen. I thought we would talk today about Thanksgiving, but kind of in the spirit of living every day as a day of Thanksgiving as we mm. walk as disciples of Jesus. So can you just roam around in the theme of thankfulness and gratitude? <laughs> yeah, I sure can. So, you know, it's there's a couple of portions of scriptures for me. I, I like in Psalm 100, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving. And, you know, so in other words, in our whole presentation of coming into the Lord with worship and praise and all that, we're to, we're to begin with gratitude. And I think more and more as we hear people, even those that don't follow Jesus, a lot of people are talking about cultivating gratitude and how it affects your perspective on life. It affects your attitude. It affects how you um, can have peace throughout a day. So there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff there. I, I also, for me, a very personal uh, part of this is out of 1 Thessalonians 5, where it says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Like, it's, like it makes it really clear. It's God's will that I give thanks in everything. And mm. uh, early on in my, when I was 19, my brother Tom ended up in a diabetic, like near diabetic coma state. And I was, he was 17. I was 19. We were in Kona, Hawaii. We were missionaries, um, just the two of us. And I remember being in the hospital, kind of in the waiting areas, they were helping Tom and applying that. It says in everything, give thanks. And so I, as a 19 year old young man, I was trying to sit there and go, how do I give thanks in this? And I realized it wasn't being thankful for the situation I was in. It was being thankful for the Lord in the midst of the situation and who he was and what he could do and how he could and did come through for Tom. And that caused a bubbling up of thanksgiving and gratitude that overflowed from my heart um, that I needed in that time. So in everything, give thanks. I appreciate, um, first of all, you sharing that personal moment of connectivity. I mean, you know, you are in a, a time, an experience during which we wouldn't just naturally be led to, you know, be singing songs of Thanksgiving, yeah. um, but the Word of God returned to you in that moment. So there is a part yeah. of this of knowing God's Word and knowing God's character that matters a whole lot. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And and for me, I it's like my go-to place, Carmen, when things feel like I, I like to use the word goofy. Things are just feeling goofy. There's something's out of line. What you expected to happen isn't happening. I like to retreat for a moment into that place of gratitude and worship. And it is it is based on God's character because my circumstances are telling me, you know, this doesn't look good. This isn't going to play out well. Like, what's the ramifications of this for people involved or myself or my family or whatever? And I've realized that it's great to step back and gain perspective. And when I do that, gratitude, okay, what am I thankful for here? It changes my paradigm. And then my worshiping gets my eyes where they need to be, realizing this is the maker of heaven and earth. This is the one who, with a snap of a finger, can move on my behalf. This is the one who's got surprises up his sleeves that I didn't even think about. 
And it levels the playing field for me to be able to step into those kind of moments. That's so good. Um, Psalm 100, which you made reference to, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs Hmm. of thanksgiving. Like, right, that's Hmm. the thanksgiving part. Know that the Lord is, is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. As soon as I hear sheep of his pasture, like my heart and mind goes to the 23rd Psalm and 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 goes to the Gospel of John where Jesus talks about um, himself and me as shepherd and sheep. Um, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. There, there are ways to enter into passages of Scripture that transport us. I mean, maybe transport is the wrong word, but they move us from the circumstance or the moment we are in to a reality that is much bigger and eternal and true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and it's, you know, it's that Elisha story, right, where the servant walks out the door and he sees them surrounded by you know, the military, and he goes back in, he's freaking out, and Elijah says, hey, Lord, would you open up his eyes so he can see, and when he goes and looks again, he sees surrounding them tens of thousands of chariots of fire, and it's that mm-hmm. it's that kind of perspective, and I, I do wish, I wish you and I could come up with a, a plan on how to have those kind of glasses. Could you imagine? Mm-hmm. You could just <laughs> hand those out and say, hey, look through this. It'll make everything better, <laughs> you know, but it's like, for me, one of those passages, like the, the go-to, go-to for me is that Revelation chapter four and five, where we get a, a glimpse of what's happening now in heaven. And of course, we'll be joined to that one day, but where they're looking at God and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they're they're bowing down in worship because his presence, his character, who he is, is so awesome that they can't help but do that. And that's where for me, worship worship is one of those places if I can go back to, it sets my eyes right and then allows me to have gratitude. When you hear Dave say worship, what comes to mind? Um, do you understand that to be something that you enter into personally in a moment with God? Um, or does that have to be something organized by some group of people with some performance up front and you're participating? Like when Dave says worship, How do you understand that? When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about personal worship. We're going to talk about the role of the Word of God um, in our personal worship and how it is that we enter His gates with thanksgiving. How do you enter the courts of God with praise? How do you give thanks to God and praise His name? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and we'll be right back. I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. Have you noticed that 2023 is coming to a close? It's about over. We're about to turn that calendar page over to 2024. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking for more in 2024. More Faith Radio, more opportunities to connect faith to life, more friends in Christ walking out their faith together in the world that God so loves. Would you consider learning more about supporting Faith Radio? Visit us at MyFaithRadio.com. Continuing our conversation with our friend Dave Buring from Lion Share, our our theme today is Thanksgiving or having a heart of gratitude. And 
living responsively to the reality of each and every day, each and every moment, giving thanks to God for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Um, We've been keying a little bit off of Psalm 100 in our conversation. And Dave, when you talk about worship, when you use that term, you mean something um, that you enter into pretty easily. It's not, you're not waiting around for 11 a.m. on Sunday morning for some scheduled event at some particular place. Can you, can you talk with us a little bit about when you use the term worship in the way that you did just a moment ago, what, what you actually mean and how that happens? Yes, but I will tell you that I tease our worship teams on Sunday morning. Like if I'm coming up to speak, it's my turn to speak, and they've just finished an awesome time of worship. I always tease them and say, hey, can you guys just kind of quietly come into my bedroom around 530 in the morning and kind of help me start my day ah. with, you know, so, so they have said to me, beware. <laughs> so That's right. Beware. Well, that's be the beauty of radio. That, that yeah, right there is the beauty right. of radio. Yes, that's exactly right. That's right. Yeah. For me, Carmen worship, um, it's one of those places that, and I still, you know, I'm not an expert on this at all, but I still try to turn my heart towards worship. And I want to be able to know that I can do it fairly quickly because of the life that, you know, we live, there's challenges, there's unexpected things that come our way. And worship is, is at its core. It's really our love expressions to God. It's, it's not me waiting around for somebody to organize something or, or I need somebody that can play the guitar or the keyboard. It's, it's, it's an attitude of heart. And it is driven for me by the character of God. And, you know, I realize, like, this is just being really kind of simple with it, but do I really need to be dependent on somebody to get my heart in a place to worship God when I just wake up every day knowing the blood of Jesus has been shed for me on the cross? Therefore, I'm his son, I'm spending an eternity with him, and I get the privilege of representing him and his kingdom on earth. Like, do I really need other motivation? And and it causes me to, when I pause to think about that, my answer is no, I, I don't need somebody to jumpstart my worship. What he's done for me, if I just pause to consider that, that's enough. And and you know, to be honest, Carmen, part of it for me, like being real practical, I um I have on my iPhone on my iPad in my iTunes account, I have um, three different sets of worship that each probably has 20-ish to 25 songs. One is called Worship Intimacy, where it's more songs that let me have tender worship with God. There's Worship Celebration, which is more if I just need, okay, I need to just kind of get out of this funk and get into a place of worshiping. And then I've got Worship Warfare. So if I'm dealing with hard stuff, it lets me hear songs that reminds me of his greatness and how he, you know, he is our warrior. And and so I can stick my headsets on and I know, you know, if you got 20, 25 songs, you're you're good for about an hour and a half if you need to, you know, and and but usually for me, it's about a half hour and sometimes a little bit longer of just kind of getting there to that place where things are once again leveled out so that I can out of that place of worship now live my life. The role of music um, is significant. So we've talked a little bit about the role of scripture. We've talked about the role um, of just the attitude of the heart. So getting myself in a posture related to God and gaining, seeking his perspective on what is happening and 
anchoring myself in particular passages of Scripture, um, this notion that there could be a playlist, right, um, mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. If you were going to mm-hmm. have a Thanksgiving playlist, is that maybe in part the cel- – well, is it – could you derive songs from all of these, the intimacy, the celebration, yes. and the warfare playlist yes, in the in sure. the Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because it's like, you know, there's just su- certain songs that kind of set your heart. You know, I, I like I go back to one of the it's a really old one, but give thanks with a grateful heart. Amen. You know, that that is that is huge, um, you know, but yeah, there's a lot. And I like a lot of the current songs, too, that that have good sound biblical theology to it that lifts us to where, you know, where we need to be. And so, yeah, I I. I've not done it this way, but I would think if you go into some of those places where you're getting your music and you type in, you know, giving thanks or Thanksgiving or those kinds of things, I bet you there'd be a whole lot of songs. I just go, oh, yeah, I forgot that that's in the chorus, you know. So, yeah, but the songs that I have, absolutely. And they and they always steer you towards awe. They steer you towards bubbling up with gratitude for things that I didn't deserve, but yet he's given me. And, you know, that perspective change shifts heart attitudes for me. So um, I, Thanksgiving is uh, uh, is a delightful time to gather with other people. Um, we are a pie buffet family. Um, mm. There may be a buffet of other things, but there's there's a pie buffet. And so you can put little pieces of paper. This is an idea for everybody. This is super simple because <clears throat> you can do a slice of pie. This is the slice of pie opportunity. So you can just a little pie-shaped pieces of paper, scatter them around, um, put some put some markers out there. And what you are inviting people to do on that slice of pie is to write down the name of a Thanksgiving, um, either a verse, actually they can write down a Thanksgiving verse or a Thanksgiving song, um, a mm. song that they want to sing. And then you actually create a pie, right? Put the little pie pieces together and make a pie. And as one of your Thanksgiving activities you know, actually have people pull a slice of the pie and just do that together. Like pull it up on YouTube and play the song or um, or have somebody open the Bible and read the verse um, because it gives us an opportunity to talk about Thanksgiving and put Thanksgiving in the context of who God is and who we are in relationship to him, as opposed to just going around the circle and everybody saying they're thankful for their health, which we are all thankful for. But sometimes like we need a little nudge to get um, to get the conversation Maybe in the in the right spirit and maybe in the right perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I think when you think about people in your life that you're thankful for, a good way to consider that is to say, what would what would my life be without them in it? And mm. it causes you to realize um, not only the emotional side of it, but also the practical side of it. And you know, whether it's a piece of advice they gave or something they gave you that, hey, you know, I wouldn't have that if or maybe the a door opened, you know, or, you know, just kind of familiar things that are a little bit um, warm and fuzzy, you know, in our life. And or it, it might have been a, a loving word of rebuke that brought a correction that would have let you, you know, that rescued you. Let me put it this way, rescued you from heading down a path that would have been really damaging, you know, and I think it's a kind of a backwards way into it, right? Because we can say, well, what were you thankful for? But also to just pause with people and say, if they weren't here in my life, what would I be missing? What would I not mm. have? And it's another way to see their value in our lives. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. 
Um, all right. Uh, on Thanksgiving, do you have a favorite side item? Yes, <clears throat> I um, and it's the only it's the only day I I eat it, but it is um, <laughs> cranberries. <gasps> really? That's it. You're you're a one day a year cranberry guy. Yeah, you know, but huh. it's the it's the one. Are you cranberry salad? The... Are you cranberry? Oh, you're it's out straight out of the can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Cheryl, my wife is. Like when she makes our salad, she's a cranberry lady. And I just tell her, no, just kind of keep those off. I'm not a huge, but on Thanksgiving day (laughs) with a little bit of, you know, um, turkey and the, the fun sweet potatoes and all that. It's so, and I think I might be one of the only ones at our table when family's all over, it's a table about 18 that has it. So it's a special little moment for me. (laughs) It's a whole can of cranberry just for you. Yeah, well, I don't quite go that hog wild, but I do have a couple <laughs> slices. And but the big, the big thing I like on Thanksgiving is so Cheryl makes a awesome Dutch apple pie, and mm. so that's she makes it kind of from scratch and goes, and it's her thing. And so I'm looking forward to that. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for reflecting with us today on Thanksgiving. Thank you for giving us the. You know, the notion of like these anchor passages, these glimpses, passages of scripture that um, make us mindful of who God is and his presence, his character, his goodness, um, his ways. Thank you for um, the idea of a playlist. That's just beautiful. Um, yeah. And, um, and, and bless you. We are grateful for you. We give thanks to God for you this day. Thank you. And I'm thankful for you. That's our friend Dave Buring. Uh, you can find wonderful discipleship resources at lionshare.org. Again, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen on this Thanksgiving Day. It's a special edition, so thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Um, You know, circling back around just really quickly to the conversation that we had before our conversation with Dave Buring, let me just encourage you to be an illuminator today, right? There are going to be opportunities to be a diminisher. There always are. There's always opportunity um, to, you know, to be the person who's trying to be big and in the spotlight and has the most important thing to say. Well, what if today you instead positively shined a light on other people and let them be in the spotlight? What would it look like for you to illuminate other people today, to be curious about them, to ask questions about why they think what they think? Like, where do those ideas come from? Um, and and seek to get them telling stories um, about why they stand where they stand or why they think what they think, um, where they've been. Ask stories about, hey, when you were in the fifth grade, what was the world like? Or, hey, um, you know, we're here at Thanksgiving. Did you ever celebrate Thanksgiving, you know, growing up with some group of people that would be fun for us to talk about today? Like, right? Get the conversation moved in a direction of storytelling, and that could be a real blessing and benefit to everyone. Our friend Kathy Branzell is going to join us next from the National Day of Prayer Task Force, and we're going to talk about praying in the midst of war and praying toward and with Thanksgiving. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to this special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Our, our friend Kathy Brenzel is back. Uh, she serves on the National Day of Prayer Task Force. You can find all kinds of great resources at nationaldayofprayer.org. Good morning, Kathy. 
Good morning, friend. How are you? Well, uh, I am well. It's well with my soul, but I also yes. recognize that the days in which we are living are heavy. These are these are heavy times. Yes. How about you? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I'm I'm in Ephesians, um, chapter five, and I'm recognizing that um, the people who live as light in the midst of darkness and recognizing that eventually everything is going to be exposed by the light, but that yes. there is a lot of darkness right now. Um, I, um, I'm looking at verses 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the mm. most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Don't be mm. foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Um, I feel like it's easy to point at the world today and say the days are evil. So I just thought I might just set before you the question of like, how do we pray in the midst of evil days? Right. Um, so the days are evil, but God's still good. Mm. The days are evil. Um, you know, we, that yeah, the enemy's busy. Absolutely. But we, we, um, several ways to pray. So get in the word of God instead mm. of get in your head, right? Because this is not worst case scenario. <laughs> the victory is already ours. And so we have to, we have to lift up the word to light up the world. We have to get in the word. So the word gets in us. Jesus says in John 15, that we are supposed to abide in him and his word in our heart. And from the overflow of the heart, the mouth prays and speaks and we can speak encouragement to ourselves, just like David did. You know, why are you so downcast, oh, my soul? You know, preach to yourself the, mm. the promises of God and, mm. the, and who God is. So praise him in his unchanging attributes. Your circumstances, my circumstances, the days of this world are going to change every day. Uh, but God doesn't. And so pray, um, pray his at praise his attributes, pray his unchangingness, and pray his promises. Mm, that is so good. That is so good. Um, I am sure. I feel very confident that you have been asked how to specifically pray for those um, in the Middle East, how to pray for Israel, how to pray for the 2 million people who are non-combatant civilians um, who yes. are in the midst of this, um, how to pray for the hostages, how to pray for the neighborhood of, of, of the Holy Land, how to pray God's will be done. So as people are asking how to pray specifically in relationship to the unfolding events in the Middle East, how are you answering that question? Um, first of all, pray biblically. Um mm. Don't pray your preferences. Don't pray your politics. Remember, we're, we're not praying for a place. We're praying for people. And God's word says even that he desires all to come to repentance that none may perish. God says, I do not delight even in the death of the wicked. All right. So um, we have to remember that we can be angry, but we're called to be angry and not sin. And anytime I act in an unloving Christ-like way to another human being, um, I'm, I'm sinning. 
I'm not acting according to how Jesus is called. So everybody uh, knows how much I love Israel. I've gone there every year up until 2020, since 2008. We take small groups over there, love, love, love. And I have many, many, many friends over in Israel. And um, we've got to be praying for protection. We have to be praying for peace. But we have to remember... um, We have to remember that people are being used as human shields. And Mm -hmm. so we need to be praying. um, uh, uh, We need to be availing much right over there. Uh, But we also do need to be praying for the Jewish people because from the, the beginning of time, Satan has been trying to wipe out God's people to prove God a liar. I mean, just get to the nitty gritty of it. Satan has been after those that God loves and God calls his own, that he set himself up as the one true God, not one of many, the one true God. And if Satan can obliterate the Jewish people, he proves God a liar. And that is why um, for all time, go read the book of Esther and on and on it goes. God disciplines his people. God disciples his people, but um, God loves the Jewish people and we as Christians are grafted in. We have not replaced them. And so we've got to be praying against anti-Semitism here in the U S but we need to be praying for God's peace, God's shalom, God's will to be done um, in Israel as it is in heaven. Okay. A number of, um, a number of threads there that I would like to pull further. Um, First, um, the engrafting image. Remind us biblically mm-hmm. where that comes from, that we are engrafted into um, into this vine, into this people who are Israel. And then I want you to talk more about God's shalom. Mm. Yeah, so um, God says over and over in Scripture that his covenant with his people, with the Jewish people is everlasting. That has not been canceled. And remember, our Savior was Jewish. The disciples were Jewish. And um, and uh, our faith, we, we, if you read all through, especially Paul's letters in the mm-hmm. New Testament, time and time again, it reminds us to the Jew first, And then to the Gentile, that we have been grafted in, that uh, into the vine, you know, he is the vine and we are the branches and we are Gentile branches that got grafted in and his great love for us. And it was prophesied that this would happen, which was absolutely unheard of, you know, because Jews and Gentiles did not associate but we were invited to worship the one true God who created us. We are one people. We are one human race. We have one God. We were all created in his image. And, um, and so remember that we haven't replaced the Jews. We've been grafted in, in grace um, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and and then the shalom of God 
is being in the will of God, at peace with God, and at peace with one another. It's But it's first peace with God. And we want to continue to pray. Uh, pray for the souls of every single person over there. Pray that, um, you know, we owe a great debt to the Jews. Scripture says that the scales have been put over their eyes, um, you know, so that we could be brought into repentance, that we could be saved. And so with that, we keep praying that uh, God peace shalom, knowing that God is drawing his people uh, into uh, a knowledge that Messiah has come. And, um, you know, it, it's not that we, it's not that uh, they, we don't want them to believe in Jesus. Of course, that's our prayer every, every, every single day. Um, but Messiah came, our Savior came through the Jewish people. We're talking with Kathy Branzell. She heads up the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Um, and we're talking about how to pray in the midst of the days in which we live. What does it look like to pray God's shalom, God's perfect peace um, over individual persons, over a people group, um, over a place? We are compelled. Scripture compels us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. um, literally, uh, yeah, literally the city of peace. What does that look like? What does that mean? Um, how are you praying for individuals to come to the knowledge and the acceptance, the reception of the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, that the peace of Christ might rule in their hearts, that God's shalom might be over them individually, because that's the only way this works itself out in community. Like, there's no peace between us if each of us are not genuinely at peace with God through Jesus Christ. Uh, that mm-hmm. that whole N-O, no Jesus, N-O, no peace, no Jesus, no peace, and then K-N-O-W, no Jesus, no peace. Like, that's not just a bumper sticker. That is that is some true truth. So we're going to take a, a brief break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Kathy Brinzel. We're going to talk about um, praying in the midst of the rise of anti-Semitism here in the United States of America. Like, how how are we praying as people are expressing themselves in ways that not only break our hearts and break relationships, but surely break the heart of God. How do we pray in the midst of that? And then, yes, it's November. We're going to talk about praying um, in and through Veterans Day and Thanksgiving. Yep, more with Kathy Branzell coming up next. It might feel like it's too late, but it is not too late to make a difference this year. There is still time. Faith Radio is listener-supported, and you make it possible to reach more people in more places with the good news of Jesus. But time is running out, so before the end of the year, give your best gift to make an eternal impact by calling or texting the word GIVE to 877-933-2484 or by clicking the Donate button at MyFaithRadio.com. Thank you so much. Our friend Kathy Branzell is here with us this morning. She's leading us in a conversation about praying in the midst of the days in which we live. So, Kathy, um, I, I, like many others, are very, very disturbed by what we see happening on many of our college campuses. It's not isolated um, to those environments, but they seem to be the places where uh, this anti-Semitism is hotly fomented right now. Um, talk with right. us about pray, praying in the midst of 
of what's happening um, culturally uh, in America right now? Absolutely. Um, again, I'm just going to, you're going to hear me say this a lot this year because of our NDP theme for 2024, but um, really get in the word of God. What does he have to say? And you can never justify hate. Um, you can't justify hate in the name of love. You can't justify hate um, in the name of intellect. Uh, that's just, it's ridiculous. And so we need to be praying um, first and foremost for those who were raised in the church, I've been repenting and saying, Lord, you know, forgive me and forgive us for where we failed to bring up a generation of kids who grew up in the church and don't know what it means and the importance of I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. That we brought up a generation who doesn't understand uh, the value um, of Israel, the value of the promised land, the promises that God has made. And, um, and so it really is done in uh, the name of ignorance and pride. And so we need to be praying for our college campuses. We need to be involved in our college campuses. Uh, the international community sends its supposed best and brightest to American colleges and universities and then they go back with whatever they learned over here and and fuel their nation with it and so that is why it's important carmen and i've been talking about this for years about prayer walking your college campuses about getting involved with the international christian ministries that are available um, opening your home to international students uh, inviting them to church having a robust a Christian community at your church that invites and serves uh, the young people in the college campuses. And, and we've got to be doing this for junior high and high schools and even elementary schools too. We can't let another generation slip into ignorance. Um, when it comes to the word of God, we have got to be prayerful and we, um, you know, that we can't continue on with biblical illiteracy. So there's things that we can do to change now and pray now. Uh, the one thing I want to mention real quick uh, as we talk about praying, how do we pray in these times? If you would like to pray with the National Day of Prayer, we are sending out night and day biblical scripture only prayer prompts, uh, um, inviting you to pray with us for Israel. And if you text the word Israel to 31401. That's 31401. If you text the word Israel, we will start texting you um, morning and evening prayer prompts for Israel. All right, I'm going to text the word Israel to 31401 uh, yes. to get to get morning and evening prayer prompts from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, that is that's a lovely gift. Thank you. Um, let's uh, let's hit on a couple of other things coming up here pretty quickly. How are you mm -hmm. praying? toward and then on Veterans Day? And how are you praying toward and on Thanksgiving? Yes, with a grateful heart, first and foremost, <laughs> right? 
Uh, there's so much, so much science and it, it's biblical and um, biological to live a life of gratitude. And so really in these days where you're feeling anxious, first and foremost, uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Let that be your first thought every morning of praise and thanksgiving, praise and thanksgiving. Let that be your cadence, right foot forward, left foot forward. Amen. And um, and let that grow in your heart. And every time you catch yourself going to a, oh, these days are so dark, light up your mind, light up your heart, light up your life with the word of God. And secondly, we do um, National Day of Prayer uh, focuses on praying for the military, especially in the beginning of November. We've got Veterans Day coming up. And um, I am grateful that we have a robust military that for almost 250 years has protected this nation. Amen. And uh, defended freedom around the world. So be in prayer for those families. I am currently in a different state, very, very close to a military base where there has been night and day, um, uh, a little extra noise in the air, let me just say. And so uh, if you are concerned about the state of the nation and the state of the world and all the wars and rumors of wars going on right now, imagine military families. And so let me encourage you to be praying for them. Uh, And again, uh, God is still on his throne. We're told over and over again, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Fear is a lack of faith. And so keep reminding yourself and keep professing to God how much you trust him, how much you love him, how mighty and awesome he is, and um, and knowing that, that he is in control, that nothing happens on this earth that doesn't run through his fingers, and that Satan is not an equal foe. He is a creative being, a created being, a created being. He he is powerful, but he is not equal to God. And so remember, friends, we're on the winning team. God is great all the time. Mm. Amen. And all the time, God is good. Um, thank you yeah. so much. Hey, let me encourage you to text the word Israel to 31401. I have just done that. I got a bounce bounce back text welcoming me to the day and night prayer Israel texting group. So you can uh, you can join me there, the National Day of Prayer. Text the word Israel to 31401. Kathy, as always, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, friend. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving. So it was on September 28, 1789, just before leaving for recess, that the first federal Congress passed a resolution asking that the president of the United States recommend to the nation a day of Thanksgiving. A few days later, then-President George Washington issued a proclamation naming Thursday, November 26, 1789, as a day of public Thanksgiving. The first time Thanksgiving was celebrated under the new constitution of this, the United States of America. So subsequent presidents issued Thanksgiving proclamations. Um, Those obviously varied over time. It wasn't until President Abraham Lincoln's 1863 proclamation that Thanksgiving was regularly commemorated every year on the last Thursday of November. And so, my friend, happy Thanksgiving. Let us give thanks today to the Lord our God, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Um, And let us be resolved. Let us be resolved to be a people of thanksgiving. Uh, Let us be a people whose purposes are aimed in the direction of giving thanks and honoring God 
for every good and perfect gift that flows from, from heaven above. Give thanks to the Lord our God today. I give thanks for you. I give thanks for Faith Radio and all of those with whom I labor here. I give thanks to Paul Perot, who so um, graciously and admirably produces this show uh, day in and day out. Let's give thanks today for the people in our lives who serve so faithfully and so well. And let's ultimately give thanks to God. I am thanking God for you today. Let us give thanks. Happy Thanksgiving from everyone at Faith Radio. I'm Carmen LeBurge. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Remember, it's your prayerful and faithful financial support that makes both the live show and the podcast available. Make your gift at MyFaithRadio.com.